Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real Clear Politics Takeaway for Tuesday, February 15th. I'm Tom Bevan, co-founder and president of RCP. I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief. Good morning, Carl. It's been a while. Uh, how are you, are you uh, tanned, ready, and rested? I am, the- yes. Yeah. Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> but Carl, uh, let's talk about a couple stories uh, regarding the media. The first one, we learned yesterday afternoon that the judge in the case of Sarah Palin versus the New York Times uh, decided to dismiss that case even while the jury is deliberating on the case. I've I'm no legal expert, Carl, but I've never seen anything quite like this. No, I haven't either. And there's the, the judge, uh, Judge Rakoff, federal judge, what he suggested was that this case is going to be appealed no matter who wins. And the appellate courts and maybe the United States Supreme Court is what he's implying is going to settle it. And he wants his thinking to be part of the record. Now, he wants to participate in this historic case. And why I say it's historic is that uh, Palin is challenging really Another New York Times case, New York Times v. Sullivan. She, she's sort of, let me rephrase that. She's, she's saying she was libel by the Times. But the issues have been bubbling up in libel law in this country, all over the country, about whether the standard, the old standard of actual malice um, for public officials should be rethought. That you know What constitutes actual malice is just sloppiness malice, is opinions always on the same side malice, which is what her lawyer implied. Um, and And... Other cases also involving the Times, Nick Kristoff um, libeled uh, Stephen Hatfield. The courts ruled that Stephen Hatfield was a public figure. This was the anthrax case. Well, he was only a public figure because the New York Times named him. So right. there's, these, there's these issues bubbling around, a lot of them involving the Times, that um, the jur- lawyers who do this and uh, do this kind of law and the appellate courts think maybe the Supreme Court wants to weigh in again. So that's so that's what he's doing. This guy, he clearly doesn't like Palin. You know, he had some snide comment uh, when the case was delayed a couple weeks ago. Said so she wasn't vaccinated, of course. You know, <laughs> which which you know his attitude toward her may be even part of the record. But he has some thoughts about libel law that he wants on the record, and I'm I'm actually curious to see what they are. Well, and he, I mean, he cited apparently the fact that that you know her lawyers failed to make the case that malice was involved um as a reason for for dismissing it they did not meet the standard so <clears throat> i guess we'll see how this all works out i noticed carl they carried that story on the front page of the new york times today um <laughs> uh but one story they did not carry not just not on the front page but not in any page uh over the weekend was this Bombshell report by filing by uh, John Durham, special counsel, investigating the Russiagate, um, you know, collusion story, the origins of it to see whether there was any wrongdoing. And in his filing on Friday, he had mentioned that uh, there was uh, that Michael Sussman, the lawyer who has been indicted, uh, who was a, you know, worked for uh, the Clinton campaign and Perkins Coie, um, that he had interacted with. Uh, tech executive A, um, who was identified uh, as this guy, Richard, I think it was Richard Joffe. Um, <clears throat> and the implication was that, that Joffe had, um, you know, collected some uh, non-public, some private data, DNS data from a contract that his company had with to manage the White House servers. Um, and, and effectively, uh, the way that it was presented was that uh, that there was spying that had taken place on uh, Trump and Trump's campaign, not only you know at Trump Tower, um, but also 
when he was president of the United States in the executive office. And, and this obviously, you know, garnered a, a lot of attention in, in right-leaning media, um, but nothing, not even a mention from the New York Times, Washington Post, uh, and all the sort of mainstream media culprits. Now, Charlie Savage wrote a, a quote-unquote news analysis piece in the Times this morning where he basically, you know, went through and dismissed this and said, this is just a, you know, this is much to do about nothing. Some of this information was already public. We had reported on it earlier. This is just, you know, ginning up the right-wing uh, base and, and Trump's conspiracy theories and basically spent 1,500 words trying to try to deconstruct it and dismiss it. But that's the only coverage that it's gotten in the New York Times, Carl. Um, what do you make of this? And, and why, why is it thus that there was no coverage? I mean, I can promise you if there had been another legal filing that would have implicated or even suggested uh, something nefarious on behalf of Trump or his associates, the New York Times and the Washington Post would have covered it. They would have put it on page one. Well, I, I agree with that. Um, but uh, and John Durham is, you know, like the judge in the Palin case, you know, he's highly respected um, prosecutor, federal federal employee, worked with the Justice Department for years. But, you know, I, I, I was wondering about if this is just, you know, bias against this narrative or if it's the story is just so old. Durham seems to be taking so long. I, I covered the special counsel's office when Bill Clinton was president. There were all these investigations and you know, they took forever. And Janet Reno, she turned against the statute, the very statute that allows for for special prosecutors. Remember, this came out of the Watergate reforms. Now, this is not under that. This was this is a separate thing, but it's the same principle, which is you have a prosecutor with an unlimited budget and unlimited time. And like Robert Mueller, they use it. <laughs> they spend unlimited funds. But this there's a sense. I wonder in the media if this story has just moved on. I mean, this guy's taking forever, and there's so many other things going on in the country, not ex, you know, accepting imminent Russian invasion of Ukraine, um, China's emergence as this dominant authoritarian power worldwide, and two years into COVID and no end in sight. I just wonder if if the story's too old, if he's taking too well, long. Well, hold on a second. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <clears throat> You know, Trump had famously said during the campaign, and there are clips of him talking to Leslie Stahl from 60 Minutes saying, you know, the media has been ignoring, this is in October of 2020, saying, you know, the media has been ignoring the big story, which is, you know, they spied on my campaign. And she's like, no, they didn't. There's no proof of that. Uh, you know, Trump had been saying this for, for some time. I mean, whether it was last year or two years ago or four years ago, Carl, if true, if it's proven, if there's actual, I mean, if the revelation that the Clinton campaign um, well, that's not, orchestrated that, that's, this. So, but that's not proven, Tom. That's an implication of his of I his understand, latest. Carl, yeah. but but that's a big story, right? Tom, I'm not I'm that's not that's like Watergate on steroids. I'm not well, okay. And so wait, 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 hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Watergate on steroids. Now you've now you've pushed one of my buttons. <laughs> As you know, oh boy, my father. I can see this podcast is going to be my, uh, exceed our ten minute limit. My Go father, ahead. who worked for the Washington Post for many years and covered the White House, used to have a, a rule, and the rule was when somebody calls up on the phone and says, "I've got a story that'll make Watergate look like a picnic," my dad hung up on him. So let's not <laughs> let's not go let's not get carried away. Your basic contention, <clears throat> which is that this is yet another evidence of a double standard when it comes to reporting on Trump in the mainstream media. I won't argue with that. That's, in my mind, inarguable. I was I was just offering you another idea 
you know, Tom, we've been in the news business. There are cycles. There are, there are other things going on in the news business. The news cycle has a, an, an energy to it. Uh, it's called a cycle. It reminds me, Durham reminds me of these stories you'd read in, as a kid, you know, um, you know, Sir Blanton Smythe, um, what turned out to have been a Soviet spy in the 40s. And you think to yourself, you know, he's some British guy. I never heard of Sir Blanton Smythe. You know, it's 40 years. It's too late. Who cares? There's a I'm just offering a thing that this term investigation, it should, you know, it needs to pick up steam. It needs to actually do what it's going to do, because people don't have unlimited attention spans. That's the only point I was making. I was I, I don't disagree with that. Okay. Um, it should you know, I'd like to see stuff sooner rather than later, but this is not ancient history, Carl. This is just a couple of years ago. So I suspect uh, we'll have to, to agree to disagree about that. <laughs> All, All right. right. We'll leave it there for this morning. On that happy note, I'm Tom Bevan, co-founder president of Real Clear Politics. And I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief of Real Clear Politics, showing once again that disagreements can be civil, even friendly. And this has been the Real Clear Politics Takeaway for Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. <laughs>